Hello, friends and fellow adventurers. Welcome to the Mithril Dragon Wagon. Or the waiting room for it, anyway. David, we good? All right. Well, we've accepted our fate here at MinMaxed Studios for the introduction episodes leading up to launch. So, instead of whinging about it, let's talk for a minute about what happened last time. Minus that bit the Traveler mentioned about existing in shards of present-day Galarian, I'm just now accepting the fact that I have no control here, let alone the implications of that whole thing. Anyway, the Traveler pulled out Volerbook. That got me. Volerbook is a set of short stories that David wrote after we completed our playthrough of Rise of the Rune Lords. It was a post-mortem of sorts. There are some really fun stories in there, all told through Voller's perspective. Afterwards, the Traveler asked you directly about who you wanted to hear from this episode. Well, a poll went up on the Patreon page asking which Mithril Dragon you'd be hearing from this episode. It was a tight race, but Solara, the wizard of the Mithril Dragons, eked out a last-minute win. Maybe we'll get a story out of Voller book about Solara this time. Once more, you find yourself seated in the Mithril Dragon Wagon. Expecting the journey, you find your bearings almost immediately. Instead of hearing the soft hum of the Traveler this time, his soft snores ebb and flow with the flutter of wind outside the wagon. Seated on the same hard wooden bench you found yourself in before, across from you the Traveler is sleeping deeply on a comfortable-looking cot. Uncertain whether you'd be able to wake him, or if you even want to, you consider how uncomfortable this bench must be. Truly, a hard bench in a carriage hurtling through the air must be uncomfortable. As if prompted by your thoughts, the bench begins to shift and move. A moment later, you look around yourself. Did the bench just change into a recliner? Your fascination is swiftly interrupted by a disturbing noise. The distant sound of baying hounds. The sound increases in intensity. It's getting closer. Frantically, your eyes dart around the room. At first, you see nothing that seems out of place. Except... Starting as a thin stream, inky black smoke rises from a corner in the wagon. Eyes widening as you realize that the stream of black smoke is pouring in faster as the baying hound gets louder. Some of the black smoke is being pulled through the cracked window above the traveler. It's not enough, though. Quickly, the smoke is obscuring vision until you can no longer see him. The loudest howl goes silent, though you hear more in the distance. In its place, the soft clicks of nails on wood are prowling toward you. Unable to see the creature, some of you are panicking. Some of you know what this thing is, and you know why it's here. You have to find a way to run away. Too many ideas and thoughts bombard you, and you find yourself unable to move. The click. 
click, click, click of clawed paws are getting too close. Hot, rancid air hits you in the face. You cringe away from the creature you cannot see, but you can hear it. Oh, you can feel it. The sound of a window being thrown open is heard. Smoke begins to thin, and your vision begins to return. You are face to face with a creature from nightmares. This is no dog. Oily black skin, sleek and smooth, with no hair. It's on all fours in front of you. Saucers for eyes, glassy and clouded. Black smoke emanating from a long pointed tongue hanging out of its oversized mouth. Who am I? A crackling ball of energy appears above the heinous being. It screeches and screams. Particle by particle, the beast is siphoned into the sphere of pure magic, which swiftly disappears with a crack. The traveler runs from window to window, throwing them wide open before taking a stance in the middle of the wagon. Among the growing sounds of distant howls, he searches and finds three more streams of black smoke. Hey, what's going on up there? Why if you are needed in the cabin immediately. Seriously, what in the hell is going on? Why if you are needed in the cabin immediately? Okay, first Solara boarding me around with no explanation, and now you? I mean, I hardly even know you. Why? Extra-dimensional beings are appearing in the cabin of the wagon. I've banished one, however at least three more are coming. You are needed in the cabin immediately. Oh shit! I'll be right there, hold on. Even with the windows open, the smoke continues to pour into the wagon. You, you must be kept safe. You must flee. Go. Anticipation is electric in the air. This place seemed safe. Where would you run? Is the only option now to hope this old wizard can fend off more of those things? All you expected was a story about a wizard named Solara. Solara supposedly had all the answers. Solara could be the one who brought you here in the first place. You are someplace else. The sound of wind rushing in and out of the wagon is gone. No more black smoke. No more otherworldly monsters. Taking a moment to look around the room, you find yourself seated in what is clearly a wizard's study. Books, tomes, and scrolls of all sizes and variety litter the desk, numerous shelves, and a wooden chair. There are even some on the floor. Your eyes are drawn to a shelf where you see a large cylindrical scroll case, locked and surrounded by a haze of what you can only surmise is madness. Leaning against the desk is a redwood staff that flickers with a warm light that reminds you of a campfire. You realize taking a mental inventory of the space would be nearly impossible. Wondrous items are mounted on every available surface all secured in windowed cases with small glowing padlocks. No, no, that won't do at all. It needs to be stronger. How else will it reach across this much time and space? The last attempt was clearly a failure. It's been almost five hours since the casting and nothing. Someone is entering the room. You see a female elf with startlingly sharp features, very much contrary to your expectation of an elf in this world. 
you understand that elves' physical traits, such as skin, hair, and eye color, often adapt to their environment over time. What environment, then, you wonder, would cause such pale skin, shocking red hair, and large, all-purple eyes? Her robes match those eyes, crafted of an unknown, fantastic material that shimmers like the night sky as she takes a seat at the desk. Hmm, yes. If we adjusted cast time and perhaps if we added another caster, perhaps Ian could help. Would he help? She isn't addressing you, it seems. Oddly, the staff goes dark when she speaks. What was that? The staff flickers in time to the words... I said you have company. She turns to you. No surprise or shock crosses her face. Just examination, with a soul-piercing gaze. So it did work. Said so matter-of-factly. Is this Solara? Slag time is unacceptable, but it's good to know it can be done. Lag time? Good to know what could be done. Questions rack up one on top of the other. You're uncertain how you might ask, let alone what exactly to ask. Don't look so confused. I know they don't have magic where you are from, but you know we do. You know far too much about us. As if realizing the state of her study, she waves a hand and all of the loose books, scrolls, and papers zip back into their place. I thought it was possible, but until now, it was only a hypothesis. This is good. We will be needed before this is all done. I can't be sure how or when. Need. Oh no. The Mithril Dragon Wagon is still under attack. Wyeth and the Traveler need Solara's help. Focusing on the need, you reach for the words. But nothing comes out. Wait. You've been to the Mithril Dragon Wagon? Not possible. That couldn't have happened already. But time is a fickle thing. My plan hinges on it, in fact. This isn't the time to discuss my plans. Should the others find out what is necessary, they might try to stop me. She looks around her study for a moment. I came to this time and place to think and to test my theories. This is my past. Never mind, it's neither here nor there. With your arrival, I know what must be done and that it can be done. Just hope they can all forgive me. Time for you to go. Solara waves her hand in dismissal, speaking a short, arcane-sounding phrase you don't understand. However, nothing happens. For the first time, you see an emotion other than a flat stare. Mild shock. No, you, you can't go away yet. The wagon is in danger. She waves her hand again in precisely measured motions. She speaks the phrase once more. Nothing. Mild shock is slowly twisting into dismay tinged with anger. How did you do this before? You focus on the wagon, as you did earlier. That seemed to elicit a response. This time, though, you add in the images and the sounds from within the wagon before you came here. Black smoke, dreadful howls, an oily black-skinned dog-like creature attacking the traveler, and likely Wyeth now, too. What's this? Are you trying to... bang howls... Black smoke. In the wagon? My wagon? Damned. Hounds of Tindalos. Solara stands and turns from you for a moment, pacing the floor deep in thought. 
She spins around to jab two fingers in your direction. You must have drawn them somehow. They must be stopped. Wyeth and Yane must reach Rosehold in the wagon alive. Turning back to the desk, a dull copper box is opened. With both hands, Solara carefully lifts a long glass bulb, about a foot in length, out of the box. Churning inside the bulb is a pale blue mist. It's mesmerizing. The glass piece is tucked into a pocket on her robes. You catch a glimpse of a dull coppery metal lining it before Solara draws a glowing line with her finger, seamlessly closing it off. If this must be done, you will come with me. Grabbing you under your arm and lifting you to your feet, Solara speaks a brisk command word. Again, you don't understand it. Yet you don't have time to contemplate on it as you are transported away in a puff of blue-green smoke. Sensations assault you. Wind lashes skin and hair, blinding golden sunlight, the muffled sounds of a pitched battle. You are sitting on a bench at the front of the wagon, open air all around you, landscape streaming beneath. Solara puts a hand on your shoulder. Don't move. With another arcane word and gesture, Solara disappears, leaving you alone on the driver's seat of the wagon. Except there are reins attached to the bottom front corners of the wagon, next to you, floating two feet away. Eyes focusing, do you see that they are not, in fact, floating, but being held? A shimmering outline of a human silhouette holds them. Moving the reins to one hand, they wave to you before turning their attention forward once more. Ignoring the invisible person for a moment, you turn to the landscape. Directly below and disappearing to either side of you are a range of mountains, dotted with geysers spouting columns of steam. Ahead is a vast sea of green. A wide road cuts through it. On closer examination, the road is shifting and changing. Behind you is a wide river, following the base of the mountain range, as well as a long trail of fading black smoke. Considering the sun, the wagon is traveling northeast. The din of battle subsides from within, and the trail of black smoke diminishes to nothing. Behind your seat is a small sliding door that you think you can crawl down inside with. The shimmering outline of a human moves the reins to one hand again and silently slides the door open with the other. Though you're unable to see their face, it feels as though they're smiling, proud to help. Carefully, noting the tremendous distance to the ground below, you climb into the wagon. Four sleek black corpses are piled in the center of the floor. All of the furniture is missing. The traveler is busy sprinkling fine powder on the mound of bodies. A quiet sizzling sound is heard as the pile slowly disintegrates. Solara has a short-haired blonde human man pulled off to the side of the wagon. He's between Solara and the traveler in height, dressed in dark green, slightly rumpled clothing. The man is holding a beautifully intricate composite longbow that appears elven in design with its elegant curves. 
a visible magic aura emanating from the weapon. Wyeth, where is the Sahedrin? I think it's down. Yeah, downstairs in my closet. He points to where you came in without looking back. From a cold, flat stare, Solara's deep purple eyes bore into Wyeth's. What? It's not like we have a pedestal just laying around for something like that thing. Oh, goodness, look at you. Uh, Please, come take a seat. The traveler gently takes you by the shoulders, away from the access door, to a corner where a plush velvet chair springs into being. He gestures for you to have a seat. Yane, Wyeth, grab all the sovereign glue you can find. Cover all the interior corners. No 90-degree angles. Ah, capital idea, Solara. Take away the doors the Hounds of Tinderlers can open. Excellent. And Wyeth, throw that Ransour out of the wagon. The Mithril Dragon Wagon, Solara. Always be branding. And why? It gives off a nice glow. I mean, it looks cool. Ian, when is it? And where are we headed? Real day. The 30th of Desnus, 4718. And we're on our way to Roseholt to meet up with Kynar and Vola. Solara turns back to Wyeth. Wyeth, we are on our way to face the Runelord of Wrath. Alasnus could be the most powerful wizard in Galarian while she wields the Scepter of Ages. She cannot know where we are after leaving Rosehold. An unsettling silence blankets those in the wagon. Only the sound of the wagon flying through the air and the soft sizzling of the dwindling mass of otherworldly corpses... Solara's intense pools of purple meeting eyes with Wyeth and Iain in turn, finally coming to rest on you. They should keep us obscured on the approach, but we cannot take any chances. Marching up to the Ransour mounted on the wall, she pauses before pointing to it with two fingers. Do you remember where we got this thing? Not only is it her signature weapon, but we submerged it in the Runeforge pool. Divination magic exists, Wyeth. She may be able to scry the wagon halfway across the cosmos using it. We don't know. All right, all right, I'll get rid of it. Wyeth takes the Ransour off of its mount, walks it over to an open window, and unceremoniously tosses it out. Well, hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us in the ass. Solara disappears through the door you entered through, while Ian pulls out several jars and a pair of brushes and putty knives. He holds out one of each in Wyeth's direction. Uh, shall we, friend? Wyeth glances at you sideways for a moment, before grabbing the tools in a jar from Iain. He moves to the other side of the wagon, back turned to you. I mean, don't you have magic to do this sort of thing? Uh, perhaps, though I find moments of working with one's hands to be soothing on occasion. And this way we can spend more time together. The two men begin to work smearing globs of glossy, translucent goop into the corners of the wagon in erratic and uneven patterns. A few minutes pass. Ian takes a break when the hounds of Tindalos are nothing but a black stain on the floor. A wave of his hand and a word is all it takes for the stain to completely disappear. Solar climbs back into the wagon from the access door. Behind her, floating like a halo, is a two-foot diameter, seven-pointed star. Each point consists of a different metal with a small gemstone embedded into each arm. The Sihedron. 
Seven virtues emanate from this artifact. You feel it. Each shard represents one of each virtue. The gem fixed to the shard pointing up blinks red. That whole shard trembles slightly as well. You think it's the shard of kindness. Kindness. Solara draws another glowing line in her robes, revealing the elongated glass bulb filled with swirling pale blue mist. Holding it horizontal to the floor at eye level, she gazes deeply into the glass. You catch glimpses of a proud keep at the base of a mountain, wagon flying into its courtyard. The immediate future shows the listener, Iane, and Wyatt arriving in Rosehold without me. The mysterious glass piece is slid carefully into the dull copper-lined pocket and sealed once more. I must take my leave, then. She closes her eyes. The Cyhedron rotates until the shard of blue-green sky metal points up. Then, she is gone. Solara, with the Cyhedron, disappears from the wagon. Your moment in this world slips. The Mithril Dragon Wagon vanishes. And you return. Hey, we're back again. I'm not sure exactly what you just got to experience there, but I'll go check it out after we close out here. Did another poll go up, David? Nice. Let's see. What a... What? Are those the seven virtues of rule? What the...